Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi everyone, this is Ugo and this is episode 169 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. The guest of this week's episode is not a photographer, but we thought the story she wanted to tell deserved recognition. The reason we travel to and photograph certain locations is because we love them, and we would do anything to preserve them. High on the list of the most loved places for us sits the Cinque Terre region in northwestern Italy, a region that I've been to many times personally. This region is strikingly beautiful and extremely fragile. What not many people know is that the landscape there has been shaped by millennia of farming, mostly grapes and olives, on narrow terraces held together on the side of precipitous mountains by dry stone walls. Maintaining and constantly rebuilding those walls is the key to avoiding the destruction of the villages below that we so love to photograph by the elements. This is why when we heard about the Grapes and Heroes campaign, whose aim is to help uh, the winemakers maintain those walls, we immediately wanted to help spread the word. So one day I sat down with uh, Amy Inman, who is one of the people behind the campaign. Amy is an American who fell in love with the Cinque Terre, and she's been living in Rio Maggiore for the last 17 years, so she knows the area very well. Uh, Me and Amy spoke at length about Grapes and Heroes, but also about what makes the Cinque Terre such a unique place, especially for photographers, and what we must do to preserve it in the face of changing tourism trends. So let's listen to my interview with Amy Inman. Enjoy! Hi, Amy, and welcome to the Traveling Image Makers podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And thanks for coming today. I know you have a, a busy life with your with your business. We'll talk about, about that in a minute or so. Uh, but first, I, I would like you to, to introduce yourself to, to our audience, uh, who is Amy Inman. And, well... Uh, I've, I already mentioned this in, in the interview, but you're currently a resident of Italy and Cinque Terre in particular. So, you're, but you're originally American. So, how did you decide to, to move there? And what drew, drew you there? And what is keeping you there? I've actually been here in the Cinque Terre for 17 years, and I came here after I graduated from university. And it was my graduation gift from my family. I traveled Italy for three months. I went from the very far north of the country to the very far south of the country and everywhere in between. Um, It was amazing. I I absolutely loved it. And then I went home for my master's program. And at that point, I had sort of an epiphany that um, if I could move to Italy, that was the moment. Uh, I was feeling homesick for it, which was a very strange experience considering mm-hmm. it wasn't home for me. Uh, but I knew if I waited until my, after my master's program, I would have a lot of other issues to deal with. It wouldn't be so simple to move to Italy. So I flew by the seat of my pants and moved over. I was 22, nearly 23 when I did that. In hindsight, I think it was a bit crazy, to be honest. (laughs) And once I was here, um, when I came back to Italy, I actually came back to the Cinque Terre because in my three months of travels, uh, it was one of my favorite places in Italy. 
And I was lucky enough to have made some friendships there. So I came back to the Cinque Terre, but with no intention of actually staying here. I just thought it was too small of a place. I couldn't imagine finding a job there. And tourism at the time wasn't what it is today. So that was a little different as well. But I just didn't, I thought I would have to move to a city to be able to find a job and a place to live. But things actually all fell right into place for me. I got really lucky. And here I am 17 years later. Yeah, I think here in Italy, we always complain about the lack of jobs and not easy to find work and people having to to move from um, small villages to the, the big towns because that's where most of the opportunities are found. Uh, but of course, probably the Cinque Terre is kind of an exception to that because it's, uh, as you said, tourism back then probably was not what it is today, but it was still a tourist place. So there was uh, maybe some opportunities. So uh, how did you find those opportunities? What did you started doing there to make a living in, in, the, in the area? Well, the funny story was when I moved to Italy, I told my family I was willing to do any job just to be in Italy. And as a recent college graduate, they thought that was crazy. I told my mom, I said, I'll even, you know, clean toilets if it means, <laughs> if it means I could be in, in Italy. I graduated with a Scienze di Comunicazione, so communication science, with an emphasis in international intercultural. So when I, when I came, I was really and truly willing to do any job that I could find. Uh, I was lucky enough that I, about a month after after living in Riamajore, which is um, the village I live in, I was asked by a local if I would give English lessons. And um, I, I'm very good in English, but I am not an English teacher by any means. Um, but I took him up on the offer. And about a month into our lessons, he actually offered me my first job. And that was as an office assistant. He had a Roman apartment rental agency. And um, he asked me to come work for him. And so that was my very first job. And everything really fell into place. I, I have to say, I am really, really fortunate. And now you have family keeping you there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I actually met my husband four months after I moved to Italy. And uh, at the time, we had no idea that 17 years later, we'd be together and have a family with two boys and et cetera, et cetera. But... Um, yeah, we started dating. He would come and court me at the office that I worked at. He'd bring me a cappuccino and a croissant every morning. And obviously it did the trick. <laughs> yeah. uh, and now you, you, you publish, uh, I, I checked it online when I, when I got to, to know about you, I, um, your, your website, which is a really uh, trove of uh, information about the Cinque Terre. You want to mention it? Yeah, thank you. I'd love to. I actually started a blog a few years back, um, not because I was wanting to be a blogger or I was trying to get on that trend, but just because I was exasperated by the amount of information online that was incorrect about our area. And most of these articles that you find online are written by people that maybe came here for a day or two on holiday. Um, I live here, so I know the ins and the outs, and I know what's working and what's not. Um, so it really needed, our area needed an English-speaking voice, but with accurate information. So that's how it started. And to be honest, I, I never anticipated for it to explode like it did. It's um, it's become quite popular, and um, it's very exciting, of course, for me. It really opened up a lot of avenues for me. 
And that is, uh, the, the website is cinqueterrainsider.com. Uh, I just yeah. want to mention, I will put a link in the show notes to it. Uh, uh, you mentioned this uh, erroneous information about the area. Do, do you have any examples in particular that people maybe come to the Cinque Terre and find, oh, that's not what I was expecting? Or <laughs> um, Absolutely. There, there's lots of them. Aside from a lot of time, the blog articles and whatnot, they'll confuse villages Um, maybe they'll even misspell villages, but those are trivial, um, trivial things. What was really um, bothering me at the time when I created the blog was that uh, the Via dell'Amore, which is the path that connects Rio Maggiore and Manarola, has been closed since 2012 due mm -hmm. to a landslide. And people are still, to this day, promoting the Via dell'Amore as if it's open. Yeah. And that, to me, is just a really unfortunate thing for people coming to visit us. They come with an expectation and immediately we have to tell them, no, that you know, it's been closed since 2012. That's not going to be a possibility to walk. Of course, there are other um, paths that they can take and whatnot, but to have the correct information in hand before you arrive to your destination, I think is critical. Any plans to reopen it soon? They mm -hmm. originally were saying 2021, mm -hmm. which um, this is Italy, so yeah. everything takes time, <laughs> a lot of time. Um, but now they push the date back even further. Mm -hmm. So I think we're talking 2023 now. But like I said, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, just to be, again, for people who don't know the area, uh, this is just a, a short stretch of path which runs really along the sea. Um, right, is that between uh, Rio Maggiore and Manarola, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, what's that, two kilometers of path? No, even no? less. Even On less the train, it's less than one minute yeah, to yeah. go from Rio Maggiore to Manarola. So it was about a 20-minute walk, um, pleasurely stroll, not a hike, for, to reach Rio Maggiore um, from Manarola. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's a pity that it's still closed, but that's, that's for safety reasons, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Of course, Lens if they're going to reopen it, we need to be absolutely safe. But there, there's plenty of opportunities for, for people to, to walk and hike. Uh, absolutely. The, the Via del Amore is the famous path, but yeah. that's most definitely not the only path. Um, there's lots of hiking here and, and beautiful places to get off the beaten path. And that's something that I always advocate for people to do because everyone seems to want to do the same exact itinerary. And so, of course, then they're going to say, oh, it was crowded or there are lots of people. So you really do want to get off the beaten path. And then you get to see the glimpse of the Cinque Terre that I saw 17 years ago that made me fall head over here, heels in love with it. So, um, I would like to take a step back a minute because I just realized that we are talking about the Cinque Terre as if we, we know, like, like we know the area. I mean, you live there. I've been there maybe a dozen or more times. So I, I think I know it quite well. And I live mm -hmm. two, and a hour, two and a half hours by train away from it. So it's, I'm familiar with the area. But and many people have started reading about it. Uh, the, these uh, Rick Steves, I know, has <laughs> done a lot to popularize the area and so on. But I guess there are some people who still don't know exactly what to expect. So just in a nutshell, uh, can you explain what is the Cinque Terre? Why is it called so and, and where it is and how do you get there? Absolutely. So the Cinque Terre is located in northwest Italy. 
It's also considered the Italian Riviera. It's a small section of Italian Riviera. And Cinque Terre actually stands for five lands. So in this very small stretch of territory, there are five tiny villages that dot the coast. And that's where the name comes from. And they're very quaint and characteristic. Only Monterosso, which is the fifth and largest of the five, only that one is flat. All of the others are located on very stiff and steep inclines. So there's lots of hills and stairs to climb, but that just adds to the charm of the area. Yeah, that's a, a great description. And I mean, this is a photography podcast. Uh, I know you're not a photographer. The, the reason I wanted you on the, on the show was to talk about uh, one thing that we'll talk in a, about in a minute. But I mean, the, the reason I personally am, am drawn to the area is that it's strikingly beautiful and uh, for photographers is, uh, offers a ton of opportunities for really unique scenery. There's not many places like that in the world with those uh, pastel colored houses uh, uh, clinging to the, the, the cliffs and, uh, and the green and, and the, the blue of the sea. They all make for uh, some magnificent scenery. Absolutely. And I like to tell people, you really cannot take a bad photo here in the Cinque Terre because it is so strikingly beautiful. Well, I've tried and I've taken a few bad photos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit picky about the quality of my photos. I, I want well, you're, I you're want a professional. So. <laughs> I, I want the perfect light. So I've been to like the uh, Outlook, looking over Vernazza, for example, uh, a number of times. And maybe only once I got the perfect light that gave me that orange sunset with uh, the uh, other times of, I went there it was raining or it was gray and or flat blue sky and to me that's just oh okay I'll come back again <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just part of the of the course the course for us photographers I guess okay so uh, let, let's talk about the reason why I decided to to invite you on the show uh, and as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, it's because I was contacted about this uh, campaign, which is called, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called Grapes and Heroes. Absolutely. Do, yes, do you want to right. talk about it with your own words? So maybe you'll correct some of the things I said. <laughs> I would know. love to. Uh, Grapes and Heroes started out as a photographic project by an Italian expat. Her name is Alessandra Spairani. She actually grew up near the Cinque Terre, but now she lives in England with her husband and family. Um, but she was coming back to do a photographic project, and she spent time some, with some of our winemakers here in the Cinque Terre. And after seeing the trials that they were going through, of course, the ups and downs of being a farmer here in the Cinque Terre, she decided that um, she wanted to help them because she saw how much difficulty there was in farming this land and how the walls here are falling and it's very, very expensive to rebuild them. And so she wanted to give them a hand. They're farming predominantly grapes, um, but there's also the olive trees and lemon groves. But really, those are the three major crops that are produced here in the Cinque Terre. And those, uh, those fields, I mean, they... There's no flat land. You said the only flat land is in Monterosso, which is urban. There are no large Well, and fields. actually, in Monterosso, the only flat spots are the villages themselves. The village of Monterosso is flanked by steep hills. So even there, they have the terracing in order to create um, space for the crops. Otherwise, there would be no space. So along the centuries, the people there has built these uh, 
impressive set of uh, terraces, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. The They're a man-made, it's a man-made terrace landscape, and that's actually um, a large reason why this area was designated in 1997 a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, unlike other places with natural beauty, we have the natural beauty, but it's also constructed. It's man-made beauty as well with these terraces. Yeah, and those terraces are held together by those walls, which are, can you explain how those walls are made? And Absolutely. The walls are made, they're called dry stone walls. And what that means is that there's no cement to hold them together. And uh, this is the traditional way that locals made these retaining walls. Um, and it's actually... Now, I sometimes have people say, well, why don't they use cement now that we have cement? Actually, it's this particular way of making stone walls is perfect for this area because it's also a filtration um, system. So when there's a lot of rain, it's able to filter through the rocks because there's no cement. If there were cement, then the walls would crumble instantly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so it's all for a reason. Um, they've been making walls this way for nearly a thousand years here in the Cinque Terre. And because we're a national park and because this is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, um, we're required, but not only by um, rules imposed upon us, but also by for an obligation to the ancestors of the Cinque Terre to continue making walls in the same way. Right. And these walls have require a lot of maintenance, I understand. They do. The walls, uh, if you come into the Cinque Terre, we have walls that are one year old. We have walls that are 10 years old. We have walls that are a thousand years old. Um, the farmers know these walls better than anyone else. They, the wine growers especially, they can see, for example, when one starts to bulge, that's a sign that the wall is no longer healthy. If they're able to get in and repair that wall before it collapses, even better. Um, otherwise, they are having to be reactive versus proactive, and they're having to go and um, repair collapsed walls. It's my understanding that those walls also serve a, a role in, in protecting the mountains from erosion and the villages down from floods and, and that kind of things. Exactly. When the, the terraces here are abandoned, which is something that happened, it, we're recuperating now, um, but 50 years ago there was really a huge sense of abandonment in the terraces and um, people were going and um, going out on boats they were becoming navigatori and they were sailing the world they were making more money by going elsewhere than staying in the Cinque Terre and farming the land so a lot of the terraces were abandoned when a terrace is abandoned then the walls of course there is no maintenance and they can crumble and fall and this can create a domino effect from one terrace to the next um, and it also increases the risk for landslide. And so this this project, this campaign, Grapes and Heroes, is about uh, maintaining those walls. Is that exactly? We're trying to help the local. We have a group of four local Cinque Terre winemakers, and we are trying to help them offset the the enormous costs that they have to maintain these dry stone walls. Yeah. How about this campaign? Where can people find about it and how can people contribute to it? 
We actually are um, hosting this on the Indiegogo platform, and it will be going live on Valentine's Day, so February 14th of this year. Um, we chose that date as a way to kind of symbolize spreading the love for the Cinque Terre. Uh, we are on all the social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. It's Grapes and Heroes, uh, Cinque Terre, and Cinque, like the number five. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are active on social media as well. And what's going to happen on February 14th when the campaign goes live, people will be able to come see the full page of the campaign. Right now on Indiegogo, we have a pre-launch page up. So you can get a pretty good idea of what we're all about. Um, but on February 14th, they'll be able to go in and they can um, basically make a contribution to the cause and receive a perk in return. So a perk is another nice way to say a prize (laughs) so we have things like merchandise for the grapes and heroes campaign we have a great logo that was created by a local artist for us here Um, there's experiences up for grabs we have bottles of local wine so all of that money will go towards helping these four winemakers rebuild the walls yeah that's great uh, I mean, the, the reason when I was contacted by co- your colleague about this, uh, I said, oh, that this is something that uh, I think I would like to give back. I mean, uh, exactly. I've taken so much from the Cinque Terre. I mean, I've probably given my share of money by <laughs> staying there for uh, staying at uh, pensions or eating at restaurants. But I think we, we can do more and uh, spreading the word about this campaign and helping restore and maintain uh, at least a little section of the those terraces that are the uh, without them there would be no Cinque Terre I believe so I absolutely it was and important that's, the, for, to, that's to spread what the we've word. been saying absolutely we've been saying that with the campaign is if there were no walls there would be no Cinque Terre and I think uh, a lot of times people when they come to our area they associate the Cinque Terre only with the beautiful pastel colored villages mm-hmm. but really the true essence of this area is up on the hillside where these terraces are located they're what made this area habitable yeah that would be great. Uh, I hope we can uh, do a little bit to to spread the word, at least with uh, with my audience. I know many of them are photographers. They've been to the Cinque Terre. Sometimes they've been with me, uh, or they would be interested in in visiting it. So, just wanted to to underline the importance of uh, preserving that heritage, that those places there. Uh, without without that, there would be no photos, <laughs> essentially, right? <laughs> Um, actually, up for grabs with the campaign, Alessandra Spairani, who is the one who came up with the idea for this crowdfunding campaign, um, she's put up for grabs some of her prints. She has an award-winning photo that she took um, in the cantina while they were making Shaketra, and also postcards that she's taken as well. Mm-hmm. So there are there is a photography element to the campaign as well. Great. That's great. Um just one more thing. Uh, I know this uh, this campaign is is caused. I mean, the, by change, right? There is change everywhere. Uh, so, as you mentioned, the people of the Cinque Terre were uh, mostly farmers. Some of them have become uh, sailors. Some of them have become employed in the tourism industry, right? If you go to to those villages right now, like many of the the houses that have been turned now into room rentals and so on. So tourism is a big driver of industry there, which probably means there's less money to be made in in farming. 
uh, even though the the wines of the Cinque Terre are really uh, good wines, so that they they sometimes they command uh, good prices. So I, I guess there's there's still money to be made in uh, in growing grapes, and making wine. But uh, there's change everywhere, and you mentioned the fact that uh, tourism is growing, uh, which is uh, brings with it benefits. I mean, for the well-being of the the people who live there, the economy is definitely tourism can be beneficial, but it also brings problem. So just. How do you think that a place so peculiar as Cinque Terre can preserve its character and its heritage in this era of mass tourism? I think above all that the local culture needs to be preserved on all levels. Um, we can't quote unquote sell out um, to tourism because people are coming to the Cinque Terre not only to see, of course, the beautiful villages and landscape, but also to witness uh, what life is like in the Cinque Terre. And mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of initiatives that are going on. There are festivals that are being brought back that have um, been inactive for years and years. Um, but instead of being geared towards the tourists, they're actually geared towards the locals to really create and reinstate that sense of community. Um, we have also a project, um, it's called Fantienti Chan, Fantiente Bitiga, which is in dialect, and it's saying children in the wine cellar and children in the vineyards, mm-hmm. and this is another project that I work on. And we are teaching the local children the ways of winemaking and grape growing. And so these are all things that are so important because it is easy um, to lose the, our identity in the face of, of such tourism, let's say. I also highly recommend for those coming to visit us to get off the beaten path, like I mentioned before. Um, Because a lot of times, of course, the Cinque Terre has become a darling on social media for certain photos. So there's that one photo in Rio Maggiore, that one photo in Manarola, et cetera, et cetera. And as I'm speaking to photographers here, I can tell you that if you get off the beaten path, you can get a unique photo that is just as beautiful um, as those famous ones. And you'll get to see a peak of the Cinque Terre as well as while you're at it. Absolutely, absolutely. Could not agree more. Okay, uh, thanks for uh, for your time today in explaining uh, uh, all about the Cinque Terre and this uh, this campaign that I that I wanted to to support as much as I could. Um, anything else you would like to to add, or maybe I can ask you one more question. Uh, what's what's in your future? What do you see ahead? You think you will be staying there for as long as you can uh, still doing this uh, the job that you're doing or you have other plans for your future and this is home now um, I feel I tell people that when I found Rio Maggiore I found my heart um, I really and truly feel like this is my home now and I actually joke with friends and say when I've spent half of my life in America and half of my life in Italy I'm going to have a big 50-50 party mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, no, I really, I don't feel Italian, um, but I don't quite feel American either anymore. I feel a little bit in limbo, but I most definitely feel this is my home. This is a great place to raise a family. I have two little boys. Um, it's a great quality of life. So I don't see myself going anywhere anytime soon. Good. And I hope uh, maybe to see you, that we'll have a chance to meet up next time I come down to, to Rio Maggiore. <laughs> that would be great. That would be amazing. I'd yeah. love that. 
Well, you you will show me some of your of the beaten path locations for photography. Maybe I'll I'll discover Absolutely. something. I'm sure there's something new to discover for me too. Absolutely, I discover new things all the time, and yeah. I've been here for 17 of years. So. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so I'll just mention again your uh, your blog, which is cinqueterrainsider.com. Uh, I don't think there is an address. I mean, we are recording this uh, today. Uh, what day is it? It's the end of January. I'm going to to publish this uh, just before we go live with new episodes every Tuesday. So if you're launching on the 14, which is Friday, this is probably going out on the 11th, which is a Tuesday. So we'll give people um, a few days to uh, to sign up for the campaign. Uh, I don't think there's a definitive URL because it's still not public but we will put a link in the show notes where people can go and uh, see the preview and if you go to the preview right the coming soon page people can sign up for a, a mailing list where they will be notified when it goes live and they can get those perks that you mentioned. absolutely and we actually the if you go to the pre-launch um link that will actually once we have launched it will be the same link and it'll take okay. you to the campaign page so great so we'll uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to that. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. the Cinque Terre. Appreciates it. Thank you. And our um, Ford winemakers too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a nice Thank day. Thank you. Bye.